All right. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Independent Black Woman Podcast. I'm your host, K Michelle, aka K Dog, because we feeling a little a little uh aggressive today, shall I say. Um it's a pretty crap day, honestly. It's raining outside. It's probably going to rain for the next, I don't know, 30 minutes to an hour, which I mean, I guess in the long run is not that big of a deal. So let me chillax. But like I said, feeling a little on the aggressor side today and sometimes that's not a bad thing. So I'm just going to embrace it. Um, And on that note, I am actually coming to you guys with just a pretty open, candid talk, something that was on my mind. Um, I was watching a video about I don't even remember what it was about honestly let me let me mm -mm, backtrack it wasn't the video that caught my attention it was the it was the Instagram page okay so red table talk you guys know what it is um I'm sure by now everyone's aware of what that is and uh Jada Pinkett Smith and Willow and Gammy and they're talking about all of these various topics well one of the things that I saw on there Uh, Instagram page did I say Facebook page whatever Instagram page (laughs) was this uh big banner talking about trauma personal trauma and how did you overcome it and not gonna lie it kind of struck a nerve with me and no shade absolutely no shade to anyone in this format but as a person in the mental health field and As someone that has been kind of studying this for a while, working with individuals in the community, I tell people all the time, my, my thing right now, like my little, my little kind of drive it in there, like a, like a little nail in the back of your rib cage type thing. Like my thing right now, 110% is this idea that everything has to be digestible into these little what is it 140 character limits everything has to be palatable to this mass audience you know even your health even your mental health and it's it's just it's insane to me the way that we market mental health the way that we glamorize disorders disordered thoughts and thinking disordered behaviors the way that we look at trauma and just we kind of it's it's like a thing it's a thing now you know it's another trend and not gonna lie one of my my big things right now that I like doing is definitely kind of putting information out there right giving little tips and little bits to people because I know that there's no other way that you're going to get this information. You know, how many of us are 100% actually going out there and searching for a uh, therapist, right? Like who's actually looking for a therapist? I honestly don't know anyone (laughs) that is looking for a therapist. And the more I get on social media, the more I talk with friends, the more I just kind of hear from others, it's like, that same old adage, I don't know if it's like a, an American thing, but you know, we want things fast, we want them easy. We want them to be simple. We want solutions, we want them now. You know, if I'm going to pay you, I want you to solve it. And people, that's not that's not what therapy is actually. You know, no good therapist is going to sit up here and solve all your problems for you. That's actually impossible. And if you have a therapist that's telling you that they're going to solve their your problems for you, they're a freaking liar and I need you to run. I need you to redo. I need you to to get up, try again, pick yourself up, try again. Just do it over. Just do it over because that's false. That is not accurate. That is that is a dream. That is a pipe dream. That'll never be achieved. Um, I mean, any good therapist can tell you rule number one is, you know, we don't give advice and we're not here to solve your freaking problems. Honey, you have to solve your problems. Um, one thing that I'll tell any of my 
clients or anyone that I've ever worked with before is at the end of the day, you are your own advocate. You know you better than anyone in this world is ever going to know you. You know you better than me. (laughs) So therefore, I can't solve your problems for you because I don't freaking know. I don't know what the problem is. I don't know how you got to this situation. I don't know how you got to this point. What I do know are some ways that our thoughts and our feelings can overshadow and kind of you know, take on these whole new life forms and cause us to do things that maybe we don't really mean to do. I know that much. I know what some of these signs look like. I know that I can help you notice these things in your own personal life based off of what you are going to tell me. And I know I can help you figure some of this crap out for sure. That's that's what we do. You know, it's it's problem solving. It's it's strengths. It's this is what you come to the table with. I take it. I work with you. And then we come up with solutions. We talk about how this affects you. You guide your life. You make these decisions. You put this work in. I'm literally just kind of conditioning you and coaching you. You know, I mean, it's I mean, it's, it's exactly like coaching. It's like playing a sport for real, for real. You know, the same way you exercise your body, we're exercising your mind. We're teaching you things that you can do. We're doing exercises. We're retraining how our brain operates. We're retraining some of our behaviors. It's literally the exact same thing. But at the end of the day, if you make it to the Super Bowl, baby, your coach ain't coming with you. <laughs> your coach ain't sitting up there like, yes, I've got a, a ring. I've got a no, baby, no, no, no. And I don't mean like coach, like, you know, the one that actually does like the team stuff. I'm talking about like the you, like the, the one that's in the gym with you type stuff, like working you out. Like, obviously I know in sports that the coach of the team also gets a re- I don't really know that for sure. I'm lying. I think that that's how that works. Feel free to correct me. But that's not what I mean. I literally mean like the workout coaches, not like the ones that be on the sideline calling the plays because obviously they're directing you. I'm talking about it in a little different way. I'm working you out. I'm giving you these exercises. We're together. But once you leave my gym, right, once you leave my office, I'm no longer attached to you. You know, nobody's really talking about so-and-so number two sports players trainer, right? that's that's what a therapist is at least in my opinion like if someone were to ask me to liken this to something that's what I would say um but just like with that there's so much hard work that goes into to therapy and to taking care of your body to taking care of your mind um and I think in the field there's a growing emphasis on the ways that mind and body are connected you know having that kind of holistic approach the the everything tied together approach, you know, um, which is important to me. That's actually what I value in practice. That's what I explore in practice. And that's, you know, what I want long-term when it comes to even having my own private practices. I definitely want to have that connectivity and to teach people and educate them that, you know, your body and your, your head, your thoughts, your soul, all of those things, they are connected. Nothing is separate. You know, you can't fix one part of you without fixing the other part of you. You're not going to feel whole in that way. You're just going to find another thing to be upset about or another thing to be frustrated about. And so, um, you know, when I come across these posts, you know, like I said, where they're talking a lot about, you know, what's your trauma? Give us some advice. How did you overcome trauma? And you sit there and you you read through the comments and, you know, you see where people are talking about things like, you know, I learned what my triggers were and how to avoid them. You know, someone else was saying, um, I started taking some time out for myself every single day. I started meditating. Cool. Sounds good. But could you could you please say that you got those tips while working with? a therapist or a licensed professional of some sort, um, could you not just kind of throw that out there as this is what I did? Because here's the problem, right? Someone somewhere, like let's say I didn't have a background in mental health. I would come across this. I would see that big, bold thing dealing with trauma. How did you overcome it? And of course, curious me would say, hmm, I wonder how these people dealt with their trauma. I kind of want to see this. And I'm going to go through those comments. I'm going to look and I'm going to see what exactly people did to overcome those barriers in their lives. And I'm going to read. I'm going to see. I'm going to try to pick one that sounds pretty cool to me because let's be real, who freaking knows (laughs) all of the ways and all of the 
modalities and activities, solutions, who knows what really goes on in a therapist's office, right? Who knows what a lot of this crap means? Your triggers, ooh, what's that? I don't know, right? Unless you've ever been to therapy or you're just well-versed in the world of therapy TikTok and therapy Instagram, you're just not going to know what these things are. But when you see one and it kind of sticks with you, you're like, ah, cool, triggers. I've heard of that. You know what? I'm going to go make a list of my triggers. So you sit your butt down and you start writing out what your triggers are. Hey, you don't even know what the freak a trigger is. I, okay, let me throw this out there too, because this is another big thing. Definitions. Having worked a lot with kids, I have always been really weird about teaching kids these big words. I don't like it when I have children talking to me about their coping skills and you know, oh, I'm, I'm just aggressive and um, I'm dysregulated today. I'm like, what? Steve, what? You're what? Do you, <laughs> honey, do you know what that means? Well, it just means that I have anger. Then just say that. Well, it just means that sometimes I cry. Well, then just say that. Okay. These are words that quite frankly, your average everyday person should literally never have to know. Like you should never be walking around talking about freaking, oh yes, I love cognitive behavioral things. And uh, I just cannot wait for my emotional regulation to kick in. And um, I just, uh, whatever the freak else, you know, like people talking like in the lingo of the field is ridiculous to me. Please imagine yourself walking up to a stranger talking about your freaking, what is it, heart attack, a myocardial infraction, infarction, whatever the freak is called. Like, just imagine yourself, my diabetes mellitus, like, what, what? (laughs) Like, do you hear yourself? Like, what are you even trying to say right now, right? It doesn't make sense. Or you sound ridiculous. Like, you, you even know you don't know what you're talking about. That's what that sounds like to me. And it's one thing when I have adults speaking like that. It's another thing altogether when there's kids talking like that. I get it, right? I I do say know your diagnoses, know what your issues are, what bothers you. Um, Know your body, know yourself, right? The more you know, the better you can address. And I think I've mentioned that previously where, you know, I just feel like naming things is very, very important because again, once you know what something is and what it accomplishes, you know how to attack it. You know how to deal with it. You know how to manage it. I get that, but that's different. Walking around and saying, you know, well, hey, I have depression. That's one thing. You coming back and then telling me all of these you know, stress management techniques and blah, 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 blah. That's totally different. For a child, I would say 100%. If you're having, if you, not if you're having, but if you have a child that does have depression, um, and one of the things we have them do is, you know, maybe start to name their triggers. All right, well, what gets you in that mood? Let's start writing this down. Let's make a mood tracker, mood scale, whatever. I'm going to talk to that child about journaling and the benefits of journaling. I'm going to talk to them about, you know, like, hey, when you wake up in the morning, some days you really do just want to spend more time in bed. So how about on those days you make it a point to pull your journal out and just write about why you're not really feeling like getting up today, right? And then on a day where you feel like you've got more energy or maybe mom and dad want you to come out the room and maybe you're angry about that, write that in your journal, you know, keep track of those different feelings and um, let that be something that you can kind of highlight. And then at the end of the week, I want you to bring that in here. We can go over it. We can look at it. Okay. And we can talk about how different your mood has been over the week. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and talk to the child and say, Hey, um, I need you to make this mood tracker. Okay. Every, every morning, wake up, write down what you feel. Write down three things that made you feel that way and um, bring it back to me. <laughs> okay, cool. Sounds good. Who knows what that means, right? Like professional to professional, obviously, I can say something like that, that very vague and kind of bland. And they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, track my mood and, uh, you know, write down what I feel about. I got it. Gotcha, gotcha. But to kids, to everyday people, no. Who knows what that means, So there's benefit in having a actual professional present to help you make these adjustments and to help you learn more about yourself. And you don't get that in an IG comment thread. You don't get that in a TikTok comment thread. You just don't. And so, 
even when I'm um, like maybe making an IG post or a, a TikTok or whatever, and I'm talking about things that you can do to kind of like help your mood, recognize things for yourself, maybe feel better for the day. If anyone ever asks me a question, I make sure to say, you know, seek a professional. At the end of the day, this cannot apply to you. It can't because therapy is so tailored to the individual. It is so much of a plan that you have to be active in. You cannot just go to the store and pick up your dose of of therapy, your dose of CBT, your dose of DBT, your dose of EDM. Like you can't go and pick out what piece you want and apply it to yourself. It doesn't work like that. That's literally like you having to go to the store and, you know, let's say instead of them having Tylenol and ibuprofen, there's like chemical two, chemical four and chemical seven. And the right mix of it creates the right dose of painkiller that you need. But you have to go to the store and pick out which versions of which you need for your particular problem. That doesn't <laughs> it's, it's not going to work, right? Your average everyday person cannot do this, but I bet you they're going to try. Because for some reason, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but for some reason, it really feels like people are scared of seeking professional help and they like the idea of fixing themselves so much better than letting someone see them for whatever type of suffering they're in. And honestly, I think it's the same deal when it comes to like physical health. Um, how often do we have a pain and then not want to immediately go to the doctor? And I can definitely say that's, that's 100% me. Like if I can figure out, if I can web MD, I'ma do it. I'ma, mm, I'ma, oh shoot. I got, I got the diabetes mellitus. I got, I got the cancer, Jesus. I don't know. That's what, that's what web MD, Google done told me I'm dying. And I'm going to sit there and I'm be like, wait, Jesus, wait a minute. I got to, how would I do? How how I fix it? Garlic? Okay. Garlic and the antioxidants? Okay. Like I'll be in the kitchen mortaring and pestling because it told me that the ancient Incas knew how to fix this and they didn't have these problems. So now I'm about to learn. I'm about to forge in the, in the, in the, in the, in the grass outside my house because it's got to be something growing out there. Now I'm out there doing all of that. Because I don't want to go to the daughter. And I'm not ashamed to say that, you know, it's wrong. I know it's wrong. I, that's why I'm saying we all do it. We all do it, okay? And yes, I get on my own nerves for doing it too, okay? I'm just, say, I'm just saying, you know, I'm bringing this to light because I feel like we should change it. I just feel like we should change it. And remember, this is a safe space, okay? <laughs> for us to call each other out and figure this out. So... Anyway, yeah, when it comes to physical health, we do the exact same thing. We don't want to go seek professional help. We have this fear of something being way worse wrong with us than what we originally thought. And honestly, we just feel better if there's not a label on it. Hint, hint, again, going back to the importance of naming things, (laughs) right? Um, We just, once you know what it is, you know how to treat it. But then also there comes such a stigma and such a, a... of a negative just oh it's like your world crumbles when you know that something is wrong and we spend so much of our time trying to avoid the no the knowledge right we want to we want to just live in this moment of well it might and it might not be but for right now this is working and I feel a little better so I'm gonna just go with it like we do that so often with everything in our lives and it's it's just it's dangerous right it's so dangerous and to see people do that with their mental health. And this is, I guess, what the difference is for me. If I'm sick and I'm hurting, there will come a point where I'm going to be in so much pain or I'm going to be so, you know, convinced that, oh my God, something's wrong. Like there's going to be a moment where something's going to click with me where it's like, all right, no boo, hospital okay doctor it is and next thing you know I'm in doctor's care and I got that bill and whatever 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 but something is going to eventually force me into the hospital I think that's a good thing because at the end of the day I'm not a doctor most of us are not doctors we're not designed to fix ourselves like that you know we can do things to an extent sure 100 percent, but something is going to force you 
into that hospital room um, where you can get the treatment that you need. And at that point, you kind of reconcile with, all right, I'm going to get some bad news and I, I'm prepared for it, but I know I can't go on like this. Like you literally talk yourself into everything that you've been fearing for the last three to six months prior to being hospitalized. And that's a good thing. You know, you've got to kind of amp yourself up for it. You have to ready yourself for it. Um, and ultimately, you know, I think that helps you feel easier about seeking that help and receiving it. But when it comes to mental health, there really isn't a breaking point. It kind of just breaks. The mind has this thing where it's pretty darn good at, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty good at rectifying things. It's pretty good at justifying. It's pretty good at making it all make sense, even when it don't make sense. Right. And that's the crazy part about disordered thinking and thought patterns you will start to tell yourself that everything you're experiencing is for a reason. It's either something that you deserve or it's something that um, is a cause, you know, from whatever situation you're going through. Like your, your brain is going to figure out a way to make you not think that something is wrong. You're going to feel bad, right? You're going to feel maybe depressed. You might be sad. You might be angry. You can see clearly how how all these emotions and all of these things are affecting your everyday life. But you will still sit there and try to make it. Well, it's just because that person right there made me mad. Yeah, that's right. And that's the reason why I was just I was just out of it that one week because, you know, it was a rough day at work. Um, You know, I've got a lot going on. You know, the kids are stressed. Like we will find anything to justify a bad shift in our mood or, you know, again, a potential uh, diagnosis or a a potential problem. Um, And that's, that's the scary thing. You know, we'll go years ignoring it. We'll go years putting it off, renaming it, making it a joke. And honestly, that's my fear for where we are right now. Culturally, Um, you see a lot of this in, social media. I'm not even going to say the media. I don't think that it's being televised and glamorized like that. Like I know there was a thing a couple years back with, you know, 13 reasons why that uh, show um, and how they felt like, oh, it's glamorizing suicide. Um, listen, I just, okay, I don't know. I mean, yes, there are people out there who do, again, have some sort of disordered thought where they would look at that, they will pick up on it, and they'll say, I'm going to do just that. And they want to have that show. And that's that's a separate that's a separate thing. But for the most part, if a person is suicidal and they're truly in it for this, you know, depressed kind of angle I'll just say because you know for lack of better words because again there are people out there who really will mimic things that they see and there's a there's a whole nother thing about that but for the sake of this conversation if we're talking about suicide and we're talking about depression um and um you know mood disorders and that type of thing and where that can come from um if you're truly suicidal there's there's nothing that you're gonna see that's going to be like, aha, and I'm gonna do it like that. <laughs> like, I'm gonna make a tape. Like, no. For the most part, right? Because people are people. And with this being a science, there's absolutely no such thing as 100%. And I try to preach that a lot, um, especially when I've, you know, talked with students and I've had like interns and things like that previously. Like there's no such thing as 100%. There just isn't. You cannot know everything. We're dealing with dynamic individuals. We're dealing with brains, okay? We're dealing with life and cultures and differences. And so what works for one person will not work for the next person, will not work for the next. It is a science. There is a degree of trial and error. Um And again, I think that's why it's important to have that one-on-one, very specific, specified treatment where you have to be there and you have to be present. Um, Because again, it's not a one-size solution, right? So, um, but for the most part, when it comes to the depression side and suicide, um, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. And you're going to do it based on the means of what you have available. Um, And that's a big reason why, you know, if you've ever had to go through like an assessment or things like that, or if you've had a person in your life who was suicidal, one of the big things they tell you is, you know, 
specifically ask, are you going to kill yourself? Do you have a plan? And if there is a plan, then that is when you are, all right, I'm not going to leave you alone. We're going to get you some help. I don't want this to happen to you. You know, we love you. We want you here. That's when that whole kind of uh, spiel goes down. And I, I hate calling it a spiel, but honestly, I mean, that's when you show up for the person. Okay. That's basically what it is. That's when you show up for them. Because the point is there's an idea and there's a plan and that plan is not going to be, well, I'm going to make a tape of all the things that people wronged me for. And they did the, this is, that's different. Okay. The plan is, well, I, I know I've got pills at home. The plan is I know where the knives are kept and that's what I think we're, I'm just going to drive off that bridge. I'm going to, you know, there's so many things that people could realistically say. And once there is that realistic plan, that's when we kind of say, okay, whoa, 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 you, you know, you thought about this and we've got to, we've got to take care of you now at this point. Um, so yeah, like it's, it's a thought pattern that people have that if you show them something or you give them something, they're going to take it, they're going to run with it and you're going to see an increase in those behaviors. That's not necessarily true. Ooh, excuse me. Um, again, not all the time true. Sometimes it will be, but very, very unlikely. Um, the reverse of it is, you know, like I said, if a person is already predisposed to this, if it's something that they already struggle with, then yeah, there's a there's a likelihood. But them watching a show about it is not going to trigger in their brain. I'm gonna go do that tonight, right now, and that's how I'm gonna do it. That's not how it works. Um, so you know, again, I don't think TV is glamorizing um, a lot of mental health issues and disorders. I think social media is glamorizing it. I think Twitter is glamorizing it. I think TikTok is glamorizing it. Instagram is glamorizing it. Facebook is glamorizing it. The everyday person is glamorizing it because there's so much access. There's so much access to information that people don't know what to do with. Okay, and I'm not saying that people need to be 100% educated on everything because, again, there's professionals for a reason. You know, we go to school for a reason, we take classes for a reason, we do ongoing education, we are licensed. Okay, we passed exams, we do annual, biannual uh, renewals. Like, we, we do things to keep up our understanding of this field, and it changes, of course, it evolves, of course. Um, and um, we know these things, but the, the average person does not. And when you're dealing with a world so deeply embedded into everything, okay, everything, like what can you not find on the web? What can you not now find on Facebook or TikTok or wherever, okay? Social media reigns supreme in literally everything. And that unfortunately includes access to this information that could easily be misconstrued, easily be misapplied, okay? Because again, mental health is specific. It is your brain. It's your mind. You need someone to work with you. You cannot just pick something off the shelf and say, "Mm, this sounds like me. Let me use it. No, no, (laughs) no, no. Put it back. Slap your freaking hand. Put it back not how it works. And so seeing, you know, like I said, that, what was it? The, the Instagram thing and how did you deal with trauma? It really bothered me because there were so many people sharing all of this information. And in the bit of the post that I looked at, and I can only speak for what I personally saw, I just didn't see anyone saying anything about, you know, well, my therapist taught me or said this to me, and this was helpful for me from what we worked on, everything was just, oh yeah, this is what I do. This is what I do. And I I honestly just could not help but think about that person who might be struggling right now, who would be so captured by that title and who would, who would stop and who would say, oh wow, I need to deal with my trauma and look through those comments and pick something and try it. And you know, my fear for that is that they're going to do it and they're going to fail. They're going to try it and it's not going to work or they're not going to get the results that they think they're going to get because it makes it seem like if you do this thing, if you do this one thing, you can overcome your problems. You can overcome your specifically your trauma. Like, can we just take a minute to take in how serious 
trauma is, like for you to call it a traumatic experience, that's pretty deep, right? Like that is super, super deep. So I just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful for those people. I pray for those people that, that they don't kind of take that moment and, and run with it, that they do understand or at least have a base understanding of maybe I should get someone to help me. But, you know, again, let's be real. How many of us do? How many of us do? How many of us avoid the idea of going to therapy because we don't want to learn that something's wrong? We've gone our whole lives being okay. Maybe we struggled a little bit. We struggled a little bit, but we're, we're pretty much okay. But for all of a sudden, you're going to find out like, oh, whoa, I'm, I, I have bipolar disorder. I have depression. I have schizophrenia. I, I have an anxiety disorder. No, 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 no. I mean, yes, it explains so much, right? And now that you know that, again, you can start making changes to help yourself to avoid those situations that trigger those responses in your your mind and um, in your body. But we just, we don't want to find out. Think about all of the children whose parents are looking at them like, wait a minute, they should be hitting this milestone by now. Why haven't they hit this milestone And instead of saying, all right, let's go to the doctor, you'll literally sit there and say, oh, maybe he's just a late bloomer. He'll get it. They'll, they'll, they'll get it. You know, she'll, she'll start talking. Let me give her two more months. Okay. But did you know that like the cutoff for getting testing and all that? I mean, it's, it's pretty early on. It's pretty early. (laughs) Like you're going to lose all of your access to resources because you're too afraid to have that diagnosis, to have that person say, this is what the problem is. It reminds me a lot of, you know, the HIV and AIDS uh, epidemic back in the, what, 80s, 70s, 80s, early 90s even? Hell, it reminds me a lot of that, where we did not want to say that this was wrong. We didn't want to go to the doctor. We didn't want to talk about needles. We didn't want to talk about sex. We didn't want to talk about homosexuality. We didn't want or same-sex partners or whatever you want to call it. We didn't want to talk about drug addiction and all of those things. We did not want to talk about it. And it led to so many people being sick, so many families being hurt, so many lives being devastated because we didn't want to say that this is what the problem was. And that's been lasting even up until this day. The stigma around HIV still persists. There's large communities who still don't want to come out and say, I engage in same-sex sex and I'm at risk. I recreationally use drugs, injection drugs, whatever, and I'm at intravenous. There we go. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm at risk. I'm living a double lifestyle, (laughs) DL community, (laughs) talking to you, (laughs) and I'm at risk. My family's at risk. My future kids are at risk, right? We're not talking about that. But at this day, in this age, you can live. You can have a pretty productive life. You can take your medications and be okay. You can be non-detectable, undetectable. And you can still have healthy and thriving relationships. You know, we still haven't gotten HIV down to where it's not problematic. (laughs) We're still kind of sweeping it under the rug. And I do think that mental health is right there. Suicide is still ranking in the tops for causes of death (laughs) among various age groups, okay? These are mental health-related issues. And we're not talking about it. We're We're not giving people resources. We're not reaching the audiences. And I just feel that social media is blinding people to the reality of getting help. I think it's making it harder for people to understand the significance of your mind, of taking care of yourself. 
it's not taken into account that as we age, we're getting older, we're getting sicker. Our families are changing. We are a generation that has been through so much in our lives. You know, I look at those memes too, right? You know, we're the only ones that went through, you know, watching thousands of people die on national TV and, and a depression and, um, you know, inflation and, 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 and what was it? The Y2K. Like we went through so much, y'all. <laughs> so much, y'all. Student debt. Come on. Come through. Crippling debt. Come through. Okay. Come through national pandemics. And oh, did I call HIV an epidemic? Y'all, I don't even know. It was a global pandemic. Backtrack, restate that part. So now here we are with coronavirus. And it's like, what? How much more can we go through, people? We are stressed the freak out. We're having less babies. And uh, we're dealing with a lot of coming of age events and situations. Um, We're more expressive. You know, I think people are kind of realizing that we only live once and we got to get it in and fit it in but we're also dealing with i mean let's break this down too since i brought up about social media look at the shift in in employment and what it means to be successful here we are having learned our entire lives that we've got to go to college or we've got to get a trade and a skill we've got to work hard we have to work hard we were so ingrained with the idea of putting ourselves in debt and working our butts off to get something that here we are with our degrees not even really matching not even really matching <laughs> not even matching the debt that we're putting ourselves in to get there and i will be gosh darned if we don't blink two times turn around twice and 12 year olds is millionaires off of youtube baby off of youtube okay you tiktoking your life away but you making millions and billions. How, Sway? <laughs> how? Sway, how, y'all? Okay, how? You cannot tell me that that does not mess up someone's mindset that looking at this change and this shift does not make you sit back and think, what the bleepity bloppity bloop is going on here? How did this happen? When did this happen? There's just no way. There's just no way. You know, we've gone through a lot, people. A lot, a lot. And we don't talk about it. (laughs) We don't talk. We make fun of it. And we make these memes about it. And, you know, on one hand, we kind of laugh at that experience, this shared bit of trauma right? We, we laugh at it and we're like, oh gosh, this is bad. No wonder we're so effed up and lonely and depressed. And then on the flip side, there really is that loneliness and depression that we are trying to push down um, and just muddle through with. And again, I think on one side of the coin, we have it where we look at the depression and the loneliness and the anxiety and um, everything else that we feel like we're feeling at and we feel in like company because there's so many of us that deal with it and then on the other side of that coin there's the actuality of us being crippled by it and not being able to live and being able to adjust right how many times have i had to have a conversation with someone where it's like you know well you can't you can't just post on social media actually you can well you can't just play video games your whole life actually i mean actually you can well, you got to get a real job. I mean, that is a job. It's we got to we we have to change what we think a job is. We have to change what we think a 9 to 5 is. And um I think we're about as stubborn as these corporations are. You know, and like we learned throughout this pandemic, yes, you can work from home. Yes, you can <laughs> do 90% of your job without having to go into the office. And yes, you can complete 90% of your job in a couple of hours if you choose to so do that. And that's something that, you know, years of tradition um, and structure in our workplaces have taught us that we could not do. But look at it having been done. Look at it having been done. If this did not show us 
not near gosh darn thing. It should have showed us that, that we have got to adjust and change with the times. And it's hard. It's very hard. And it's one of those things where, honestly, I think that if you are sitting there thinking like, oh, I got to go back to school. I got to get a job. I gotta... Maybe you should readjust. You know, maybe you should look into other avenues of what having a job looks like and what generating income looks like because you can, okay? You can, you can shift. These kids can make millions. They are, you know, we can't deny the fact that they are. There are people out there who have worked their whole lives in these nine to five settings and said, screw this, I'm done, Okay made two TikToks, blew up, and now they're living their dream. It's possible. I'm not saying it's for everybody, obviously, no. But what I am saying is that we've got to stop that stigma too because it only keeps you back. Just say, okay, just say that you're scared. Just say that you're uncertain of how that works. Just say, ooh, I don't think I could ever do that. That's fine, baby, it ain't for you. But your inability to at least admit that it's plausible is something that's keeping you from achieving your full potential. It really holds you back. And so taking that and looking at it again from that mental health place, you know, like I kind of started this conversation off with, I'm getting off track here, but it's still, we still on track a little bit, a little bit. We're going to tie it together. Anyway, taking it from that mental health space and looking at our inability to adjust our shared experiences the way that we talk about this on social media, the way that social media is literally masking our symptoms because we just think, oh, I guess we're all screwed up. I mean, yeah, but also, no, <laughs> we all need help. So we glamorize it individually in our everyday regular regular lives and that makes it so relatable. That's what I think makes it dangerous. You know, this isn't Hollywood and these aren't unattainable superstars making movies about this and writing about this from a way that we look at it and think, oh man, that sucks. This is us in our everyday life, joking about it and writing it off on our own, making it so that we relate to it so much. We're not even like, acknowledging that we're having these symptoms. We're not even fully acknowledging that we're struggling. It just seems like this is what we do, right? If everyone in the room is starving, ain't nobody gonna talk about food because we know everybody's starving. If I speak up and say, ooh, child, I'm hungry. Duh, ho, we all hungry. Like, shut up, (laughs) shut up, right? Like, we just, we feel like we can't even talk about this. And I think that's where we get this 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 openness, if you want to call it that, this closed openness, I guess is better, about, ooh, child, is that somebody cutting the grass? Jesus. Oh, y'all, trifling. You're trifling. Anyway, um, but that's where we get this, this uh, social media mental health stuff from, these social media therapists. And again, yes, I do post every now and again about little things that you can do to kind of improve your mood throughout the day or t- tips to help you create good boundaries in your life. But I'm not out here specifically having conversations about like trauma, and I, I won't because I I am a big advocate for go find someone, go talk to someone. And by someone, I don't mean your brother, your sister, your daddy, your your spouse. I mean a professional, okay? Go get an assessment completed. You can get them wherever, local health clinics, um, your doctor. They have some mood scales. They have depression scales. They, or at least they should, okay? They, (laughs) They should. And if they don't, they know how to refer, but go check it out. Go get an answer. Take power back. The more that we just put this out there into the World Wide Web and we kind of all poke at it and look at it and laugh at it and add to it, the less we are likely to do something ourselves. I bet it feels real good to type into those comments, oh, this is what I did and this helped me and for you to log the freak off and go back to your life and then you can think about like, oh yeah, I do do that from time to time. But it's different if you're saying, well, hey, I know a person. This is something that can help. And, you know, honestly, I look at things like BetterHelp and, um, you know, the online counseling services and they're cool. I'm with it. You know, anything that kind of makes it more accessible, I'm totally with it. But I also feel like, there's a lot of freedom and things like that. 
And again, we want things simple. We want things fast. We want them now. That's good. But when you have the freedom to kind of cut people off and um, decide that it ain't for you real easy and pick up one, it's like tender. Oh, Lord. I almost called it twinder. It is tender, right? It's, it's like those any dating app I can keep swiping you're not a good match you're not a good match you're not a good match and I'm kind of not gaining anything useful out of this because every time I see something that I don't like I'm getting off of it every time that I'm confronted about something that I don't want to change I'm getting off of it every time you say something that just doesn't you know mm, this isn't really resonating with me you're done you're done and there's a lot of people out there like that who want to get help but not that kind of help you want to go to therapy, but you don't want to get therapy, therapy. I mean, I'm just here to say I did it. Yeah, we all do it. We're here to solve a problem. I came to you because my girlfriend broke up with me. Like, why are you talking to me about, you know, how I am at work? That's not what I'm here for. Okay, but what I noticed is that the way you treat your girlfriend is the same way you treat your job. Okay, so if you're struggling there, you clearly struggling there. So why don't we talk about it? Okay, but then y'all get mad and y'all don't want to talk no more then I'm everything in the book for pointing out your flaws. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. And this was a rant. This was such a rant. This was not what I planned on doing this week at all, like at all. But that really kind of stuck with me. And I just felt like I needed to get that out there. I felt like we needed to have that conversation, friends. Okay. And it's a little impromptu. And I, okay, you know what? I hear you motorcycle lawnmower okay you want me to be done so I'm gonna finish Jesus um but I just really wanted to share that today that was something that was on my mind personally and I know I plan to talk about you know what is an independent uh independent black woman and I'll do that I'm gonna do that I'll make sure that's the next one um but that was really speaking to me today and that was something that I really wanted to just get out there and um let you guys kind of ponder over share thoughts on um, because that's important to me and I am again all about health growth getting better doing better hopefully you know everyone has had a beautiful week thinking about peace trying to invite peace into their lives learning how to meditate or take time for yourself I guess I should say. Um, And I hope that that's something that you guys enjoyed this week. I would really like for us to kind of think about the impact of social media. The impact of social media. Here's Here's a thing. So my, I've been off this week. And so I did not realize how much time I was spending on my phone until my little weekly thing came off. That little thing, I kid you not, I wanted to throw my phone in the trash. The thing said it was up like 40 something percent literally I was averaging like nine hours a freaking day nine hours a day nine hours a day on a phone okay granted a lot of my time is like YouTube related and you know watching videos at the gym things like that um but yeah that's a that's a lot that's a lot y'all that's a lot. So I'm going to commit to getting my hours under 4.5. I think I want to cut that in half. So this coming week, I'm going to commit myself to not having my phone in my hand 24-7. I think I'm recording this stuff on my phone. Um, I don't know if this is going to add to it because I kind of spend a lot of time doing this. But uh, if it does, then whatever. I guess I can account for it somewhere else. But I do want to make that devotion this week. I want to try to cut my hours back on my phone, um, spending less time attached to devices. And people say that a lot. Like, oh, devices are the end of us, but they're also the greatest things ever. I know. I agree. I agree. Okay. There's pluses. There's cons. Um, and and we kind of have to find that balance within ourselves and Maybe we all can find balance if we just take some time away from the little devices that are ruling our lives, actually, honestly. <laughs> Maybe find a skill. I know this week I'm going to try to get my butt in the kitchen, learn something else, and not use my phone to look at recipes, but I'll use my computer. Ha ha ha. Or lies. Maybe I'm going to just wing it and hope to God that it turned out okay. We're going to see, baby. We're going to see. Either way, Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me today. I am so grateful. Um, Hopefully that this all made sense. Hopefully someone out there can relate or has ideas. 
um, or even it's just looking. And if that's the case, if you are looking for someone you can talk to, a therapist, please feel free to reach out. And I have no problem at all trying to help you to connect with someone in your area. Um, We can look up resources and get you somewhere that's going to fit you, get you somewhere that's going to work for you because you can benefit. You really can benefit from um, working on your mental health, improving yourself. And I want to see us all win. We all deserve to win. Um, therapy is not just for traumatic experiences. It's not just for um, a loss. It's not just for grief. It's not just for changes. It's for your every day. You know, you learn a good skill when you're in a good mood. So please do not wait until things are falling apart around you. Please do not wait until, you know, everyone everyone notices it, but you're not admitting it, okay? Just take that step. Just take that step. I think a lot of places these days offer where you can kind of meet and do like a consultation just to see if it's right for you, you know? But the trick is you got to be honest, and I will tell that to anyone. Don't go in there talking about what your current... Uh, well, not your current, but what your um, your past problems were. You know, you ain't got to walk in there and say, well, I was a kid. I always had. No, like start current. OK, start with your past week. Start with your past couple of days. What's been going on with you? We can always work backwards from there. Um, but let me know what the problem is. Right. Let your person know what the problem is and pay attention to things like culture, backgrounds, ethnicities, um, All of those things are relevant, believe it or not. You know, you don't want to go and talk to someone that doesn't seem similar to you. But you also got to make sure that you're not going to someone who literally is you because then you run the risk of other problems where people can start kind of transferring their own thoughts and ideas and beliefs about what you should do. And that's that's problematic. Okay, and so as much as you want to have someone that you know you can relate to, you really don't want someone that you relate to. Okay. Fine line, I know. (laughs) Fine line, I know. But again, if you need help finding this out uh, or finding someone for yourself, then like I said, reach out and I will be so happy to help you find someone in your area that you could speak with um, that could even just help you, if not get the ball rolling with therapy sessions, at least put you in the right direction of where you can get like assessments or where you can get um, something set up or whatever the case may be. I think it'll be helpful just to try. Uh, But yeah, thank you guys. Feel free to reach out and be easy, be lovely, be great. Okay. Enjoy yourselves. Much peace, many blessings. I'm gonna roll out. See ya.